A career in public health can be fulfilling, but it's more of a journey than a destination. And along that journey, we're often faced with questions like, what should I do after finishing my bachelor's degree? Is an undergraduate degree sufficient to get me the job I want? And how will the MPH degree help me achieve my career goals? In this episode, we'll be answering these questions and some other frequently asked questions such as how to get job opportunities after graduation with little experience and stay tuned all the way until the end where we share some pro tips if you want to go one step further and learn how to stand out in the job market. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. My name is Gordon, your host for this episode along with my fellow co-pilot here, LaShawn. What's up, what's up? What's up? Let's jump straight into it. The people have a lot of questions. We have a lot of answers. So first thing off the bat, in sort of a chronological order and someone, how they would approach their career progression into public health. First things first, is a bachelor's degree sufficient enough to carve out a career in public health? That's a great question. And like you mentioned, it's a question we hear often. Individuals are doing some sort of bachelor's degree in the health sciences or in public health specifically. And they're wondering, do I have the skills, the toolkits, the qualifications in order to land that first job in public health? And it's a tough question to answer because it depends. Okay. And it's dependent on a couple of things. And a lot of times it's actually a given situation or given context. So like, in Canada, the context is different than different parts of the world, like India or the US. But from our experience in Canada, it is possible. But, 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 it may be more difficult comparing yourself to maybe someone who has that graduate level degree. And oftentimes, what you find is that with these graduate degrees, it's often a requirement for many jobs. So Gordon, I know that me and you often are, you know, looking at different job descriptions just to keep up to date with what public health in Canada looks like and abroad. So do you see similar types of things? So in Canada specifically, because I can speak about the Canadian context, where, what organizations mostly employ people working in public health? Do you think of community health centers? Do you think of public health units or public health agencies? when you think of Canada and the different provinces. So in those, in those organizations, there are situations where some positions are unionized. And with a unionized position, they have a specific legal requirement to only hire people that meet the baseline qualifications. So in those situations, having only a bachelor's degree would likely exclude you from being offered an opportunity in those instances. There are other instances where you have different employers, because public health is a very broad field, where the requirements aren't as stringent or they're more open to giving people 
with diverse opportunities at chance. So that's what I would say about that part of it. So I guess when you're talking about those strict restrictions, what you're saying is that because certain positions are unionized and they have specific requirements, even if you send in this awesome application by the organizational bystanders or law, they cannot hire someone without those specific qualifications. Is that correct? That, that is that is correct. They absolutely are not even allowed. Even if you have 10 years of experience, fantastic mm-hmm. experience from a different country, yeah. you could talk, maybe you're from Nigeria, maybe you're from England, and you did a lot of great stuff there, and you come to Canada, and you don't have the master's, there, there's almost no chance that you'll get it. The good thing is, you can, more often than not, you can find out these things from a job application, or a job posting, rather. So... The answer to the question, is a bachelor's degree sufficient to carve out a career in public health? One, depends on what LaShawn said. What context are you applying for jobs in? Like what country, what region? Then look for job postings in that region to see what the job postings are saying. The job postings themselves are going to dictate the answer to this question. They'll say master's required. And then the other element too is they will often say if the position is a unionized position in the job posting. So when you see those two things, I would even say at that point, if you don't have a master's, it's not worth it to even pursue many opportunities like that. But if you see a master's required and you aren't able to tell if something is unionized and you feel like you do have the other requisite skills, then I might invite you to take your chances on those ones. So a lot of people might be wondering, hey, LaShawn and Gordon, you're saying all these interesting things about should I get my you know, graduate degree in order to get a specific job. Sometimes it's not clear as to whether they need it or not. And again, when I go back to the context of, you know, public health in Canada or abroad, one of the kind of easy things you can do to decide on if you need to take that next step and boost your qualifications or skills or competencies is see what other people in the positions you want to be going into, what do they have? So easy thing to do, and Gordon and I are huge advocates of this, get a LinkedIn profile, right? And then find people who are at the organizations you want to get to, who are doing the positions you want to do. And you don't necessarily on LinkedIn have to add specific people to get that sort of information. You can click anyone's profile and see kind of their trajectory academically or experience-wise to see what kind of experiences you need, right? Because it's easy to hear from myself and Gordon's experience, but if you have a specific situation, it's best to seek out people who have done exactly what you're trying to do and see if you need those extra skills to pursue that specific career. Yeah, another thing you can do as well, well, now that we're talking about LinkedIn, you can go to a company's page on LinkedIn, and I think when you go there, you can click on uh, people, and it will show all the employees of that particular company. Then you can do some digging to see maybe there's someone in a position that you desire. Um, and you can look at their profile to see what their educational credentials are and have a conversation with them. Maybe there's someone in a bachelor's degree working in something that I told you if you had a bachelor's degree, you wouldn't get. And then find out for them you know, what did they do to be able to get this position? Was it something where the requirements came out after uh, or did they stand out in some other way? So those are some ways you can get answers. I call those more the little exceptions to the norms that mm-hmm. uh, you can find those on LinkedIn. 
Exactly. And while you're on LinkedIn, feel free to add myself and Gordon on LinkedIn. The links to our profiles are in the description as well. Connect with us. Let us know what you're thinking about this episode and what you've learned so far. Absolutely. To tie up this discussion around the bachelor's degree thing as well, you have to ask yourself, because I know for certain bachelor's degrees, you learn a different set of skills than is required in your master's. So you have to ask yourself, having completed a bachelor's degree, do you feel sufficiently prepared to enter the job market and excel? So that's a more practical question you have to ask yourself. It's one thing, you know, finances are an issue and you're unable to go to a school right after undergrad and you want to work and gain experience, preferably in the public health field. Then I understand why you might want to, you know, spend a little bit more time teasing out this question. But if you're able to, then you might want to consider what gaps are going to be in your existing education that would prevent you from excelling the way you would like in a public health job. And then that's where we start talking about graduate degrees and how those can enhance your learning further. So on that note, how do people know, what are the types of questions people should be asking themselves to determine if an MPH is right for them? Yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting question as well, because when it comes to the MPH program, we have to take a step back and realize that it might not be the best option for everyone, whether it's, you know, finances, stage in life, geographical limitations. There's so many different factors before even asking, can I do an MPH, right? So we have to obviously think about those considerations. Now, like Gordon mentioned, people are at that point where they graduate from a bachelor's program or maybe um, in public health or outside of public health. Maybe it's like biochemistry, microbiology, like myself and Gordon. And then you're wondering, is the MPH right for me? Well, that depends. You always want to do this with a clear goal in mind, right? This is a time investment. This is a monetary investment. What's your end goal, right? You can spend upwards to $30,000 on an MPH program. What are you trying to get? Is it a specific job that requires that MPH like we discussed earlier? You know, think about those sorts of practical things. Are you able to do this with your specific job without an MPH, right? If you need an MPH to get that specific job, yes, you should consider it, right? We could continue on and just talk about what specifically about this MPH will get you to that job that you would like. What are, what are those skills, Gordon? What, why, why do an MPH? Yeah, and before I answer that, I just want to plug episode 96 and 97 of our podcast. Episode 96 titled, What You Should Consider Before Applying to MPH Programs. And episode 97, What You Might Be Doing Wrong on Your MPH Applications. Highly recommend you check those out if you're considering applying for an MPH. So LaShawn, it ties into where I left off on the undergrad question. Like when you do your undergrad, especially if it's a bachelor's of science to some degree, it's very sort of scientific writing focused, very research focused, and you don't essentially get those practical skills when you start talking about things like population level health. I do understand that there are like, you know, bachelors of public health, there are other bachelors of health sciences that are more aligned with what you would do in a master of public health. And I think depending on those nuances of your bachelor's degree, some folks who 
take a bachelor's degree, but might be more sufficiently equipped to go into the job market right after compared to other people who did like microbiology, biochemistry and stuff like that outside of the laboratory setting and research setting. So those skills that you learn in MPH, I was unfamiliar with public health. So an MPH was very good for me, giving me the foundational knowledges in public health, like uh, statistics, uh, epidemiology, health economics, social terms of health. These were all fairly new concepts to me in my education. So it was very rewarding in that sense for me to understand public health terminologies. Some bachelor's degrees do provide that. And then it's for you then to decide, are you doing it purely out of the sake of job prospects or to enhance your learning? That That's a very individualized, unique question. But another thing that came from our program, specifically Western University, those opportunities to network with public health professionals, employers in the public health space, and also hone those different kind of soft transferable skills. One of the things that a lot of our cohort dreaded was doing those daily presentations. And I was very uncomfortable with presentations before I went to my master of public health program. So when you're presenting in front of, we had guests from different reputable public health organizations, executive directors, CEOs, and we had to on the spot presenting class. And that's something in a workplace that you're finding yourself doing often. So if I went straight from undergrad into these job situations, I would not have been prepared to be comfortable handling those situations. So that's what I mean by those other than the knowledge that you can gain from a public health program. There are certain unique scenarios that you're put in that enhances your competencies. Exactly. To go out and perform. Exactly. So one of those skills that help you enhance and perform what you can do after your MPH. So we talked about the soft skills. We talked about some of the technical skills. And you talked about that networking component. We have to keep in mind that when we're in a MPH program, we're in a space where you're with individuals who also like what you like. This idea of public health and the broad sense of it, learning from different perspectives. People come from different backgrounds, different areas of life. So it's such a great opportunity to network with like-minded individuals. Now, Gordon was talking about you're put in specific situations. One of the specific situations that will ultimately help lead you to a specific job that you may be interested in is in these NPH programs, they often have practicum placements, right? And what's a better time to test out your public health skills, the knowledge you just gained in a specific targeted organization that you're interested in. And oftentimes people enjoy that because after you do your placement, you build these rich connections, organizationally speaking, and it leads you to other opportunities to get employed going forward. Absolutely. And the question is, so we're, we talked about graduate degrees in the general sense, but obviously focusing more on an MPH. Are there other graduate degrees where people can essentially learn the same content and skills? Do you know of any? Absolutely. And it again, it comes down to what you're interested with in public health, right? There's people who do a master's of science in epidemiology or health systems or health promotion. These are all valuable, valuable graduate degrees. And all in all, it is essentially covering topics in public health and specific areas within public health that'll give you the tools and skills and build competencies that you need to be successful in public health. And we have many different connections in our own networks that have taken these routes and they're living out successful careers. So 
that's not too much of a worry so long as you're targeted and intentional with that approach. Another program that comes to mind is some sort of Masters of Science in Global Health, which is also an, a program that I took in addition to my MPH. And many individuals within this program often get into roles that public health MPH students may occupy as well. So we also have many examples of that. So it really depends at the end of the day, you have all these skills, you have all these competencies, you have all this knowledge, you have all these connections, you're put in a situation where ideally you're pushed to succeed a bit. How are you going to take the next step into that job searching stage or finding your job prospects after graduation? You have the tools, all these programs are great. Now, how do you take that next step? Absolutely. And sometimes and we're going to get a little project managery for a second. So when you have a big thing, you have to decompose it into its small components, its small parts. And we often talk about public health from a high level. But what is it really? It's basically small little things that add up to enhance, create more positive public health outcomes, right? So one good place to start as well is I'm going to give Ontario as an example. The public health units in Ontario, they are accountable to the Ontario public health standards. In the standards, it shows all the different program areas in which a public health unit must deliver programs and services. So when you look at it, you see things like food safety. Okay, well, if there's a food safety program, that lends itself well to a food safety department at a health unit. Healthy environments. So maybe it's a master's of science in environmental health. And then you work in the environmental health department. There's immunizations. There's safe water, school health. So is there a place for, you know, combination with people who have some teaching experience and people who have understanding of how that impacts health? Absolutely. Nutritionists. Nutritionists have a place in public health. And another uh, degree that I see in public health quite often, that's not often talked about, is Masters of Exercise Science or Master of Kinesiology. There is a chronic disease and injury prevention department in pretty much all health units across Ontario. That injury prevention component, you're no better able to come up with interventions than anyone who's in Masters of Exercise Science or Kinesiology. Those people are very well positioned to have ideas about that than someone who maybe came from a background in immunology like myself. So break public health down into its small components, see what departments are out there. And then if you have a particular interest within that, then you could look for alternatives that are more hyper-focused than a general MPH. Exactly. And oftentimes you see that, and you mentioned individuals in kinesiology or exercise science, you also commonly see individuals who have an MD practicing mm -hmm. doctors transition into public health or pharmacists transitioning into public health. So literally, if you have a health related background, you can contribute a lot to public health and you should use that to your advantage in many of these job seeking situations. Job seeking situations. What are the prospects like after someone has graduated from a master at public health program? How easy is, is it to get that first job? In most cases, it's not easy. Mm. It's actually no, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy peasy, man. Come it's on. It's not easy. Like it, you got to No, it's it's not easy. No. A lot like okay. it, it depends, right? Like I we we're constantly talking about skills, knowledge, networking. It's easy to say, but it's another thing to actually mm -hmm. implement it. And a lot of people stop short of actually implementing it effectively and synthesizing 
those lessons learned and you know all that that comprehensive knowledge and executing it okay and that's why i say it's difficult because if you're not able to do that effectively you won't get that first job you you know it's very difficult especially when you're considering at its core it's some sort of competition right you're in an mph program at a specific school in a way you probably are applying to similar entry level jobs now that's not the only program at that specific university there are many universities in a specific area potentially they have masters of public health programs they have students also applying to those jobs so multiply that by x fold right and you have a lot of people eyeing down potential jobs that you're interested in now that's one pool don't also forget the pool of graduates that are already job seeking or one or two years already into the game they're also potentially looking at similar types of jobs right so not here to scare you but there is some room to have a discussion about how to stand out amongst people what can you do to make yourself stand out right and it's not easy and that's where this is coming from right i don't want everyone to come from a masters a public health degree and say oh i'm getting a job right after i graduate right away it's possible and in gordon's case it is possible he did the right things to make sure he landed that before he even graduated and there have been countless cases of that but for many people that's not the case now what can you do about it is the question you want to know what i think the biggest determining factor is mm. for getting jobs after graduating what's that I think it's organization and location. Imagine how many people don't get into Toronto Public Health. Then imagine a local health unit in a more remote area where there's not a lot of job applicants. So at a certain point it comes down to a numbers game and the competitiveness, don't look at the competitiveness in general, look at it versus, you know, different regions. So I'm talking about Canada specifically, but I imagine different countries have different sort of urban centers where it's more highly populated and it, you know that urban center tends to have the more educated part of the population whatever it is the more schools the more MPH programs then it necessarily follows that the competition in that immediate area would be more competitive. So think about this as well. When you want to get your first job, you have to be more open to potentially working somewhere other than where you currently live especially if you live in a place like Toronto, Vancouver, i imagine it gets very competitive not only with the the locals but there's probably very qualified people from you know internationally who are coming into those areas and are also entering the job market so you have to consider different areas where you might at least get your first shot so that's that's sort of what i did i live in london ontario and i applied more widely to get my first job and that that's sometimes that's what you have to do to get your start so i because of the nature of my ambitions and my goals it was very important for me to enter the job market as soon as possible so i was willing to have more of an open mind and do things a bit differently so that was a key factor for mm-hmm. me and i think what it narrows down to is this we often talk about when we're in school we talk about you know study smart not hard in this case apply smart not hard completely agreed so i had even though it wasn't the cookie cutter public health experience i had 4 years of experience post undergrad 
working in pharmacy for a while, which I, of course, framed from a public health perspective. But for people who maybe are going straight from undergrad into a master's degree and then wishing to go straight into the job force, how do people get experience when the jobs that they're looking for at an entry level requires previous experience? What do you have to say about this? We often get these questions from students and young professionals all the time. And Mm -hmm. to that, I usually recommend to check out episode 68 of the Public Health Insight podcast featuring Dr. Greg Martin, where we talk about finding job opportunities after completing your MPH program and how to get that experience without experience. And one of the things that I often talk about is there are different opportunities and you have to kind of reel back your expectations in a sense, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, you might not get that full-time permanent job right away but what can you what things can you actively do to get there one of the things you can do internships practicums co-op situations volunteering for a really good organization that you you, your values really align with or even starting an initiative to gain that experience to show that you're actively involved in the public health and global health space could be as simple as starting a blog a book review a podcast You have a lot of things to do that could help you set yourself apart and build a set of skills in a consistent fashion, you know, and you shouldn't be afraid to showcase those skills when you're doing things that are not considered of the norm. Absolutely. It's very tough to do, but again, it comes down to, because think about it this way. How many times have you applied for a job? where you meet all the qualifications and didn't hear anything back from them, okay? So in those situations, that's due to maybe two reasons. The position was filled by an internal applicant or there were people even more qualified than you such that when they picked the final batch of people to do the interview, you weren't selected in that top, okay? So... Inherent in this is a sense of competition. So some areas like Toronto can be a little bit more picky and choosy about having that experience without experience. So they're going to go for, like LaShawn mentioned, there's people who graduated two, three years ahead of you who might be looked at more favorably than you. What about those areas where there's not even a school that has an MPH program? So You know, one, it's less likely that there'll be an oversaturation of people with public health degrees and increases your chances of being even seen and interviewed. And even if you don't get the job, interviews gives you confidence and experience to do better at future interviews. So while you're working on experience, maybe broaden your horizon to even apply to a place that you didn't even think you would even move to just to get an interview, just to get that experience. Maybe you'll even find out, hey, We'll give you the job remotely because you were so great. So like a lot of times, and, and LaShawn's point too, contract jobs. There's some jobs that are posted three months, six months. People go, ew, I don't want to do that. There's a lot of people that I know that took three and six month contracts and got extended. I would say more often than not, that's actually the case. That people get extended or they were able to pivot from that to get something more long term in a different organization. So... Don't be too picky and choosy, especially out of your first job for your first um, when you when you complete your 
MPH or your graduate degree, don't be so picky and choosy because you're you're ruling yourself out of opportunities that you don't realize exist. So I would just encourage you to be a little bit more flexible. And then if you're made an offer to go to Siberia and you don't want to go to Siberia, you can always turn it down, but like try it out. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I also like talking to students and young professionals about is this idea of the scope, right? What is public health? And again, we have an episode on this, but it's a very, very, very broad field, right? And within that field, there's so many different, different, different areas, right? Mm. So what is your definition of public health? Public health can be connected to so many different things, right? And just because it doesn't say public health in the job description doesn't mean it's not related to public health. So that's something to consider. You can make a lot of connections to different things that are public health related and leverage that to your next job search. So what LaShawn is saying, think of it in two ways. Public health topics, public health skills. The ideal job gives you best of both worlds. Uh, and then any satisfactory job is going to have a transferable skill, maybe in communication, or it's going to be in something like um you know, housing insecurity, where it's just the organization itself might not be a public health organization, but that you're addressing a public health issue. Therefore, you're working in public health. So focus on splitting, decomposing what public health means to you in terms of the skills and topics and seeing if you can at least get into one or the other or both. So LaShawn, how do we stand out in a job market? How do we take the learnings we had in our bachelor's, master of public health, and ultimately rise above the competition to give ourselves the best chance? That's a good question. And I think, again, it comes down to just reeling in those expectations and being able to effectively synthesize all your learnings from previous experiences, um, education, and your networking initiatives. Okay? So... When you do this, you want to consider what does the job actually want, like we were mentioning. And oftentimes, it come, you could break it down to competencies. And we've done episodes on seven core public health competencies that you can use to help excel your public health career, which in its, in its simplest forms, many of them are soft skills, which you can get. Now, it's easy to say, hey, I'm a good communicator. Hey. I'm a great teammate. Hey, I'm great at doing this. I'm great at doing that. But where is your example? What kind of concrete proof can you have to show your employers or people who are interviewing you that you do have these skills? Well, for me, for example, and this might not relate to everyone, but my example would be, hey, how, how do you handle public health communication? Well, I created a podcast. I've done over 100 episodes talking about different public health issues. I've tailored my communication strategies to meet the needs of those who are listening, you, the audience, to make it to make public health accessible, to make it simple, to make it fun, right? So that is my proof that I I have done this. And sure, like you could you could really bring any sort of situation. Like maybe you volunteered for an organization and you did some written communication, you did PowerPoints, you did some external speaking engagements. Those are things you can use to highlight a potential communication skill that you want to get across. So you can really tailor that, but you want to have concrete 
proof. Anyone can say they could communicate with someone, but mm -hmm. what makes you so effective at doing it? And what kind of things can you show for it? Absolutely. And a career in public health, like I said at the beginning, is more of a journey than a destination. So when you're talking about the core competencies LaShawn mentioned, whether you're talking about professional development, whether you're talking about continuing education, it's always an attractive thing for an employer to see that your learning did not end with an MPH. So that dedicating yourself to lifelong learning in public health, being aware of the gaps that exist and how you would like to address them is something that you, I would say, I would dare to say you could never really go wrong with. LaShawn has taken certifications in digital marketing, recognizing the gap of, you know, social media, leveraging social media and how public health maybe does a poor job at that. And he embarked on a journey to see how we could marry those two skills. We learned about project management. Public health is given dollars to execute projects in a certain scope within a certain time. And it must be done at a certain level of quality. But how do we actually do that? Project management. So we pursued project management certifications to help us become better public health practitioners. Depending on how far you would like to take your career and your different levels of ambition, you have to be constantly on the lookout to see where those gaps are and how you can bring value to your employers, whether it's your current employer or an employer that you hope becomes your employer. This is LaShawn and Gordon, your favorite public health professionals, signing off. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.